0: the second chapter amen Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 and I just want to share with you tonight um just something God's been working in me. Not just sharing with me, but God's actually been having to work it out in me. And if you've ever had God work something out in you, you know it's not easy. I'm a creature of habit. And this was some habits God said, you've got to break them. And it's not good. It's not easy. But I want to share that with you tonight. Just hope I encourage you in that. And uh, so, uh, Genesis, the, tw- the second chapter, and verse 24. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and his mother. And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray tonight that you just help me to be able to just portray, Lord, what it is that you've been speaking into me. God, what you've been sharing with me. God, the things that you've been, been putting inside of my heart to change me, to make me more into the man that you want us to be. God, that you've called us to be. And I pray that you just help us mouth to say those things tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now listen, I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm not a 30-minute preacher. I'm never going to be a 30-minute preacher. It's just the way it is. I want to be a 30-minute preacher, but I'm not going to be. So I'm going to keep you for as long as I can keep you tonight, and that might be seven minutes. I might even get, it, get you out of here by 7 o'clock, and it's 7 till. But whatever, however long we're here, I just pray that the Lord just... Uh, Help you to see what God's been working in me and, and trying to change me. And, and, and sometimes the word of God is spoken and we hear it, but we don't hear it. The word of God is being preached in this body. And sometimes the, the word goes out and we hear it with our ears, but we don't hear it the way that God wants us to hear it. And so sometimes God has to say, hey, you knucklehead, pay attention. I got some things I want to change in you. And that's where I found myself at. I read this. Brought, the Lord brought the scripture to me, and you can find the same one in Matthew, the 19th chapter, and verse five, and Mark, the 10th chapter, and verse seven and eight. It says, "Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and they shall cleave; he shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh." It seems pretty elementary to me, and it's, I thought it was pretty something pretty simple that a man's going to get married. He's going to find a wife, and he's going to get married, and he's going to leave his father and his mother, and the two shall be one. Pretty easy, right? End of story. But the Lord's has been dealing with me in what exactly that means to become a man, first of all, and what it means for the two to become one. And I know in Ephesians, the same scripture is found, and it says this is a great mystery, and it refers to Christ in the church. But God's just been dealing with me on how to be a man. And as a man, that's a tough thing to swallow, when somebody tells you you're not a man, it makes you rise up a little bit. Like you get to this little, I told Rodney this a couple weeks ago, if somebody tells you, hey, Austin, you're not, you're not much of a man, my, my chest is going to puff out a little bit, I'm going to bring out the boxing gloves, and we're going to go to town and find out who's really a man. But when God tells you you're not a man, I'm going to tell you he does something different to you. It breaks down your ego a little bit. When everything that you thought you were is not right, it breaks you down. But sometimes we need to be broke down. And I told myself I wasn't going to cry tonight, but I can't help it. I'm a crier. I'm a sympathetic crier. So if Desiree starts crying, I'm probably going to cry. It's just the way it goes. We got it, Desiree. We got it. God's been a few things. And most of the men in here have already understood this. And so when, you, when the Lord starts breaking this down for me, it's not this great revelation that nobody in here has ever heard of. It's something that we've all probably already understood in our own lives and in our own spirit. But it's not something that I was understanding that well. To become a man is not that easy of a task. I mean, it seems easy. We're men. We're born men. I mean, today's world, we don't even know what a man is anymore. But in the day and age that I was brought up, everybody knew what a man was. man was hardworking. man was tough. man didn't cry, which I already failed. <laughs> but these were all the things that we've been taught up in our society If this is what men should be. And God has a different outlook for me to see it in tonight. And he's been working with me. And I, I started thinking about this. And this just isn't something that God's been doing in me in the last couple of months or the last couple of weeks. This is something that I, as I look back, I go, God, you've been working this over the last few years. Your process. Your process goes on and on and on. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. And sometimes it just takes this moment in our life of God revealing the scripture to us to help us to see where we're missing the mark And so tonight I want to just talk briefly, as I always do, share with you, not preach, not teach, just share with you what God's been sharing with me. But becoming a man is not just being a hard worker. In fact, tonight I wanted to share this scripture with you. I took a picture of it right before church in Ecclesiastes. I'm not very good with my phone, so hang on. There we go ecclesiastes the second chapter because i was brought up to think that a, a man was a hard-working person that you go and you work hard in fact there's been years of our marriage where i spent working really hard trying to earn a lot of money to try to provide for my family and if you think you're a good provider for your family become self-employed all the self-employed men say amen on that and i think it's for a reason that god's brought us to this place of all a lot of men in our church being able to be self-employed because it brings you to a place of understanding that you're not the provider of your family. You can go out and work as hard as you want to, but if God doesn't provide, you've got nothing to work hard for. If God doesn't supply the finances, then you can't go out and work to earn anything. And it's all in God's hands, but in Cle- Ecclesiastes the second chapter, and you don't have to go there. I just want to read it to you real quick. The second chapter and starting in verse 9. And it says, so I, become greater, I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me. And in the verses before this and in the chapter before this, he's just showing or telling of all the things that he's done and his accomplishments in this world. And all my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I t- would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish... It was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere, except in Jesus. It doesn't say that. I added that. Except in Jesus. See, I thought that a man left his father and his mother to go get a job, to get his wife, to provide for his children and for his family. But when you can't do those things, what is it that God has called you to do? When you can't, I've always been accused of of having a strong back and a weak mind, but as I get older, my back's getting weaker, so i have a a weak mind and a weak back. So then what do you do? You have to find out what it is that God's called you to. And I believe that there's a call that God has given to each one of the men that are part of the body of of Christ. And that is to be a man who's a leader. a man who can lead his family, not just in the directions to go, but in spirit's In the spiritual matters. And I know I'll cry. But they say behind a good man, you'll find a a better woman. And it's true. Because I found myself in a place where when I wasn't spiritually leading my family, my wife took up the role. And let me tell you something, men: If you don't take up the role, your wife will gladly step in and do it for you. And wives do a really good job of it. We were growing in our marriage, and I'd tell Heather, you can't go and do what I do, and it's true. But as the more and more God revealed the Scripture to me, I realized something. I couldn't do what she does. God hasn't called men to do what women do, and He hasn't called women to do what men do. But what He has called men to do is to spiritually lead their families. But he also has given women the initiative that when their man won't step in and be the spiritual leaders of their family, to step in and do it for them. And a lot of men have had a lot of great women step up and take the role that they should have taken. And they fulfilled the role really well, but in order to be in God's graces and in order to be in God's will, the man has to be the one who stands up and spiritually leads his family. I've kind of always been this one. That he thought he needed to defend everybody. That thought he needed to defend people that really didn't need any defending. In fact, I said it this way not too long ago. I found myself being—I would say to people—I'm not very confrontational. But then God started revealing something to me. I've been confrontational just with the wrong people. See, I've been confrontational with the ones who didn't deserve my confrontation. And I've been unconfrontational with the ones who did deserve my confrontation. See, God didn't say, don't be uh, um, offensive in your leading of your family spiritually. If Jesus cared about offending people, he wouldn't have said, when they said, your mother and your, brother are, your brothers are here, he wouldn't have said, who is my mother and my brothers? Because I know that offended them. But he knew who his mother's and his brother was, and he wasn't afraid to offend and sometimes as men, we have to be afraid not to offend in order to lead our, spirit, our family spiritually. Sometimes as men, we've got to step up and be a little bit uncomfortable. God's called us to defend. God's called us to be the defenders of our family. If you're going to defend somebody, defend your family. Defend your wife. Defend your kids. And don't worry about who it offends but step into the role that God's called you to. We all know men who have been great providers. We all know men who have been great husbands. But unless we're the spiritual leaders of our home, we've missed what God's called us for. See, you will be a good husband, and you will be a good hard worker, and you will be a good provider when you're the spiritual leader of your home. Young men, May I tell you tonight, don't let your wife step into the role that you were designed to take. Be the spiritual leader of your home. And now I, I have to say this very cautiously because I'm not, I'm not worried about offending any of the women in here because we all know that we have been taught the correct ways of the Lord. But it is the man's place to take up the, the spiritual way of his, uh, of his home. And so a couple of months ago, well, it couldn't have been that long ago, Brother Shane just had gotten married. And And we were going to go do something. He says, well, I'm not sure Riley's going to be okay with me doing that. And I said, hey, just remind her that Sarah called Abraham Lord, and it'll all be okay. And he says, I'll do that as soon as you tell Heather that. I said, well, I guess we're not going. (laughs) But I realized something. Sarah was able to call Abraham Lord because he led his family spiritually. And so a lot of men in church want their wives to be, they want to Lord over their wife but they don't want to be the spiritual leader of their home. If you want your wife to respect you, then you'll be the spiritual leader of your home first, and everything else will come afterwards. But with some of us in this place have been blessed for our women to be able to step into the role of taking over where we have lacked. I mean, I, to be honest with you, there's some days that I was just happy I made it through the day without killing somebody. Whether it be my family or somebody at the job site. There's some days, and I'm just being real with you tonight, there's some days where I'm just glad I came home and still saved. Because being a man is difficult. The challenges you face throughout a lifetime of becoming a man are not easy. And I'm not downplaying how difficult it is to be a woman. I only know how to be a man. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but I tell you tonight, all those difficulties... All the struggles that you have in being a man can all be eased when we fall into the place that God has called us, and that's to be the spiritual leader of our home. And I, I don't want to speak very long about it tonight, because I don't know the role much of a woman, but I know it, we've had this discussion in our home, because I haven't been the spiritual leader of our home. I loved Jesus with all my heart. I wasn't doing sinful things. I slipped up like David may have a few times, and, but my heart was always to serve Jesus, but I wasn't leading my home spiritually. I'd tell my wife, you need to tell Katie this. Tell Parker that. When it was my place to step in and do that, those things, instead of making her be the bad guy, I needed to not worry about offending them and stop worrying about being a friend and just being a dad and being the father that God's called me to be and to lead them in the spiritual things that they needed. But I missed on those things. And so my wife stepped into that role for a lot of years and so we've had conversations since we've moved here as God's just been dealing with, I would say, with both of us in this manner that God wants me to take up that leadership, spiritual leadership role of our household. It's important, I'm just gonna, I, I don't want to stay here very long because I don't know much, I don't, don't want to tell a woman how to be a woman because I have no idea. But I'll tell you this much because of the conversations that my wife and I have had, that if you've had to step into the role of being the spiritual leader of your home, your husband can't take over till you let go of the reins. And that's a tough thing to say because you've done a good job. You've done well by your husband and your kids. But there can only be one leader of a home. It's just the way it is. We like to say, we like to follow the scripture that says, you can't serve two masters. You'll only hate the one and love the other or, or cling to the one and, and push the other one away. And it's the same in the home. There can only be one master of the home. And God's designed it for the man to be that one. And in order for a man, even though he hasn't taken up the role of being the spiritual leader of his home, if he's going to, his wife has got to step aside. And that's going to be tough. Because you're going to have to trust that Jesus is the one that's leading your husband. You're going to have to trust that your husband is seeking the Lord and trying to do what's spiritually right for your family. And that just doesn't happen overnight, men. It doesn't happen overnight when for 20 years you've not been the spiritual leader of home and now you step in and say, I'm going to take over as spiritual leader of the house. The woman's not going to let go of the reins that easy. And rightfully so. But in order for the man to take up the role of being the spiritual leader, the wife has to let go of the reins. And I appreciate the teachings that we've received in this building on the places of a man and a woman in the house of God and in the households of godly families. I've been the one who sat back and said, Pastor Rodney, that was, a little, that was a little rough. I hope the women aren't offended. Maybe we needed to be offended a little bit. Maybe we needed to. Men, maybe we needed to hear the, the, the things that Pastor Rodney was saying about how to be a man. Instead of just thinking, I am a man. Maybe, Lord, show me how to be the man you want me to be in my house. Because I said this to the men a couple of uh, weeks ago, and I'm so thankful that we're, gonna start, we're starting up the, the manly Mondays or whatever, manly Saturday morning breakfasts, whatever it may be. I'm thankful that we're starting that up again because the men need to get together. But I told them when we were there the other day, this is something God had been working in my heart, which you all know, but when the house is right, the church is right. The body of Christ is right when the households of the church are, are ran the way that God has designed them to be. But God has called men to step into the role of being the spiritual leader. I see, and Pastor was talking about it this morning, about uh, David and his heart after the Lord. And we know that the Scripture says David was a man after God's own heart. There was some, some reaping of rewards that David got for his heart being after the Lord, and that was that his child was serving the Lord. Solomon, re- reading it after uh, Ecclesiastes, was a great follower after Jesus. I want my kids, when, they, when I die, to be able to say, my dad led us spiritually. I'll tell my kids all the time, well, think about what if the Lord came down and, and saw you in that moment? Or and what if God came down and said, well, did you succeed in this position? And all this time I've been saying those things to them, and I didn't say, what if God looked down at you, Austin, at the end of your life and said, did you do what I wanted you to do? Did you spiritually lead your family? It's up to the man to decide. I'm just saying this to you men. It's up to you to decide what you allow into your home. It's up to you. If you don't stop it, then you've missed your role. It's up to the men to say, that that program, that computer, that phone, that this, that that, it's not going to be allowed in my house. These are the spiritual things that we have to worry about not offending in when we do them. Stepping into the spiritual leadership that God has called us to, Brings us to a place where some people can be offended. Your kids could be offended, your wife could be offended, your parents could be offended, your aunts and uncles can be offended. But it is important for us to be able to step into the role that God has called us to be as men of God. In fact, we can't call ourselves men of God if we're not fulfilling the role or trying to fulfill the role that God has put us in. Listen, God is not, as pastor said this morning, God's not looking for perfection. But he is looking for a willing person that's willing to try. And that's where I'm, I'm, just, I'm just. I've been so just forward with you tonight about my downfalls. But that was my, my fear. is how do I step into a role that I don't even know how to take, first of all. And second of all, of a role that I have failed to take for so long. And there is no place for fear in this. There is no place for us to fear as men to step into the leadership role of our households. Let me tell you, your wife needs it, your kids need it, and their kids need it, and their kids need it. If we look across America, the households of America are distraught because there are no parents, or no father figures in the households. And sometimes even when the father figure is there, he hasn't been the leader of his home, and still there's just a mess going on. I don't want to grow up. I'm going to grow up someday. That's crazy. (laughs) I don't want to get old and look back and realize that my kids didn't have somebody who could lead them after the Spirit of the Lord. It's not enough just to love Jesus. It's not enough just to come to church however many nights a week we have it. By the way, Pastor, when we get a church building, can we have prayer again? But that's still not enough to just attend all of those things. God has called men to step up into the hard position of leading them spiritually. It is right and it is honorable for us as men to step up and be the spiritual leaders of our home. Young men, don't pass up this opportunity. Right now, start being the spiritual leader of your home. When you have children, be the spiritual leader of your home. And don't ever stop. And if you're older like I am, I'm getting up there now. Cooper tells me all the time don't get old. And I said, son, I don't have a choice in the matter. I'm getting older now and I've missed a lot of opportunity to be the spiritual leader of our home. But there's no time like the present to step into what God's called us to do. There's no time like the present for us to fulfill what God has called us as men to do. And God has called us to be the spiritual leaders of our home. And I beg of you, I beg of you, ladies, don't let us, don't let us, uh, let me sound like tonight we're not grateful for the services you have done. But your husband has got to lead your home, and you've got to let him lead your home. When the family's right, church is right, and everything goes flowing perfectly. Sometimes God just has to bring us to a place where it's a revelation in our own heart, something that's been spoken from the pulpit over and over again, it's been preached over and over again, we've sat Bible studies and heard it over again, but until God puts it down inside of your heart, it sometimes doesn't revelate or resonate inside of you what God is calling you to do. Don't let your wife step into the role you've been called to. But step up. Fearless. God says you have nothing to fear. Step up fearless and become what God has called us to be, and that's the spiritual leaders of our home. Amen.